What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Redshirt Podcast, an emergency episode here, as I am joined by Mr. Jackson Francois to discuss the big news, USC and UCLA entering the Big Ten Conference in 2024. Um, No one else that I'd rather have here to break this down. Jackson, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm just as stunned as all of us are. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was in the... I'm at USC taking a summer course right now in the middle of class. I was looked at Twitter and I saw, I don't remember who's the first one to report it, but saying USC, UCLA, eyeing the Big Ten. It was like kind of just shocking. Just throughout the whole day, I know, you know, you're probably not listening to this day of, but we also have had tons of NBA news. But to me, it's just kind of stuck with me that this is really going to change the landscape of, of college athletics. So what are your, what are your initial reactions on, uh, on this news? Um, I really thought that it was just, I mean, the Pac-12 has been, they've been in the Pac-12 forever since it was a Pacific Coast Conference. And I mean, it's just so seismic. It's obviously a reaction from Fox and the Big Ten into what Oklahoma and Texas are doing in the SEC. But I mean, I just wrote, it's really going to kill the Pac-12. There's going to be more Pac-12 schools to try and join the Big Ten. Other conferences are going to try and get Pac-12 schools. I mean, it's it's going to be just different. Yeah, that's what I mean. When you think of the Pac-12, if you go into more so just general alignment from that perspective, they've been reluctant to add new schools like you know, at the prospect of adding Gonzaga, thinking about for basketball, they've never really been open to that. Um, when you're thinking about schools to fill in, an SDSU San Diego State would make sense, but I don't, I don't know if I see the Pac-12 really making a run there, even though, again, it does geographically make sense. But then you have the whole, like, geographical breakdown of the Pac-12 with, you know, the desert schools, Arizona and Arizona State probably linked together. Oregon schools linked together, the mountain schools linked together, all of that. It'll be interesting to see if they kind of band together, go to the Pac-10, if they try to bring up some guys from the Mountain West, or if a lot of, you know, if they get poached into the big, you know, some of them get poached into the Big 12 or maybe into, into the Big 10, if it just becomes an even bigger super conference kind of thing. We really just it's hard to say, but there will certainly have to be some sort of reaction or follow up sometime soon. Yeah, I thought that. Uh, I mean, I thought UCLA and USC would stick, or UCLA and Cal would stick together just because they're both in the UC system. But obviously, they didn't. Um, and so I wonder, like, you you have attractive options for the Big Ten. Stanford is resume Big Ten school. AAU, good at all those sports, physical football, they just fit the Big Ten. Um, maybe not culturally in terms of care, but outside of that, they just fit. Washington, Oregon, I think those three are the best, you know, remaining Pac-12 schools, basically. But everyone's just kind of shocked right now. And I think that, um, like, the Oregon State, Washington State, Colorado – Arizona State, Arizona, Cal to an extent, Utah to an extent, they're screwed. Like, I mean, I, they got to pick what to do, the two best brands in the league. And now you don't have a footprint in this biggest city on the West Coast. What are you going to do? Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see this is – you look at – to me, I think a spotlight shifts to the Big 12 because – Granted, I mean, the ACC is also out there, as is the SEC. But to me, the Big 12 is the conference that the last time we were talking about realignment, we were talking about Texas and Oklahoma leaving for the SEC. We thought it was going to be crippling to the Big 12. The Big 12 bounced back, um, planning on adding what? It's BYU, um, SMU, UCF. And then who's the fourth? Uh, BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and uh, Houston. Oh, Houston, not SMU. My apologies. Um, but now with that, when you have an opportunity to maybe add a couple of these schools, you possibly like if you're adding a 
a Utah and Colorado or a Arizona and Arizona State. This could be a big opportunity for the Big 12 to – not that any of those schools are, are necessarily huge, but in terms of being able to boost um, themselves in terms of staying together as a conference and not folding. Yeah, I think um, – I really think we're headed for 20-team leagues. Uh, I don't know that based on any knowledge, but I just think we're headed based to 20-team leagues. I think Big Ten's not done. I think you could see a merger of the Big 12 and Pac-12 and create the Big Pack. I don't know. Um, and so I think that if you have 20-team leagues – you're going to just split this up into two 10 team divisions or I, I don't know how you do it, but I think you're headed to three 20 team leagues. And I think like the big winners of today is Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a huge winner because now they have every leverage push in the world with the ACC. They can go join the big 10. They can stay independent. Like from the ACC right now, I'm really worried about what I'm going to do because you're left alone. And that's what the ACC is an interesting spot because to begin with, the Big Ten doesn't seem like a geographical fit for, for programs like USC and UCLA. But because of their, but because of the Big Ten's overall draw as a conference, that kind of goes by the wayside. For the ACC, the ACC really hasn't been as nearly as impressive of a conference. They don't have that sort of resume. And so how they're going to stay afloat. And like you said, thinking about Notre Dame, who – it's crazy that we've seen uh, Texas and Oklahoma move conferences. We've seen USC and UCLA move conferences before we've ever seen Notre Dame join. You know, I feel like everyone associates Notre Dame with the Big Ten or, you know, would think that that would be the most likely move is Notre Dame joining a conference, likely the Big Ten, maybe the ACC. But for all of that to happen before Notre Dame, it's it, it's certainly interesting. So it, it, there are a lot of there's a lot of responses to be had, whether it be, I don't think the SEC, you know, this to me doesn't do much to the SEC. I think the SEC is what it is, but to see what if the big the SEC could keep, the SEC could do whatever. I mean, the SEC can poach whoever they feel like poaching. Exactly. This, this like, really this doesn't, doesn't do much change for the SEC's that. plans. Exactly. So we'll see how the ACC can stay afloat if the, you know, what the Pac-12's moving forward plan is, if the Big 12 can possibly stake a claim farther out west. It's, there are a lot of moving parts in terms of, uh, in terms of alignment. But in terms of, uh, in terms of actual play on the field, how do you think for USC and UCLA specifically this move is going to affect them and their, and their athletic programs? Well, it's, just, it's a different brand of football that's being played. You're going from a speed game to a strength game. Um, and that's why I'm really curious to see what Lincoln Riley's offense does, but really Chip Kelly's offense. I mean, Chip Kelly's offense in the Big Ten is going to look – I think it's going to look a lot different than um, Chip Kelly's uh, offense in the back 12. And I, we've seen Lincoln Riley struggle against physical teams. He struggled against Iowa State. He struggled against Kansas State. Like, I, he's going to a, the most physical – outside the SEC, the most physical league in the country. But, I mean, I think USC will be fine. UCLA, you're going to have to – it's hard to wake up for a 12, a 12 p.m. kickoff in Piscataway, New Jersey. Like, it's – I mean, you're just playing teams. It's not always going to be Ohio State every week. Yeah, uh, 100%. When you look at USC, I'm not – is necessarily worried about. I think USC, granted, we haven't seen them play a single game in this new era. Um, and I'll, I'll get to USC in a second. But the UCLA, it's interesting because they've really just been a very mediocre program as of late in the Pac-12 conference. So when you go from there to moving into the Big Ten, where really every single game is a grind, like you said, even if you're not playing one of the top teams in the country, you know, one of the top teams in the conference, Every game is a grind to get up for those for a game like that. That's a great example going across the country to play a play a morning game against a team team like Rutgers. UCLA is going to have to physical. exactly. It's it's a totally different brand. That's what the Big Ten is built on in terms of being punishing versus the Pac-12 is just not that kind of physical brand. So it'll be interesting to see how they're able to kind of boost their stock prior to the move. And that's, that's, I'm interested to see if you were talking about Chip Kelly's offense in, 
the Big Ten. Is Chip Kelly going to be still be there in 2024 when they move to the Big Ten? I don't know. It's, it, it was Lincoln Riley. I mean, Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma because he didn't want to go play Alabama and LSU, and now he's going to go to SC and play Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. So it's just – it's a different world we live in. I mean, it's crazy for one. Um but, I mean, you could have more schools go. You could have Stanford, Oregon. You could have Stanford, Oregon, Washington, and a fourth. I, I don't know who would be that fourth. Probably Kansas, Colorado, Utah, something like that. You just – they're not done expanding. And I just think every edition is going to change the way it's played. And it changes the recruiting base. It used to be just Ohio State and Michigan can go out to Southern California. Now – Iowa can go out to Southern California. Northwestern, Illinois, Nebraska, Minnesota, Wisconsin can go get kids from Southern California. But they don't breed. So, I mean, it's just the high schools are different. I mean, they're not as physical. Absolutely. I think that's what a lot of people in lieu of this news have been talking about, the recruiting effects for USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten. I think, to your point, it's actually going to have a lot bigger effect on some other programs in the Big Ten in terms of if you're able to have success in the Big Ten as one of those mid-tier teams not named, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. If you're able to have success beat some of these L.A. teams, you're establishing yourself in that California market. And so to be able to have that opportunity to poach recruits from there would be really big. It can change the dynamic because in all reality for a program such as USC, especially if USC is playing well, like geography is never really a factor. They can recruit exactly. anywhere in the country and they will, if they want UCLA to a similar extent, when you're in use, when you're in Los Angeles, that kind of recruits itself. But like, you know, like you said, like in Iowa or maybe even like, a, am trying to think maybe like a, What's the, like like a Wisconsin. Minnesota, like a Minnesota, Wisconsin, some of those just teams that aren't necessarily known as great recruiting schools, but that play that good football in the Big Ten. If they can, if they can get some big wins in LA, that really can establish their network out wide and kind of rebrand them in terms of their recruiting footprint. I I also think not just like recruiting football, but I think recruiting just students in general. It, you're going to be out in California now. You're playing, I don't know, 10 events a year in Los Angeles. That's 10 more appearances that aren't college fairs. Like, I, you'll get more applicants, which I think it was also appealing to the Big Ten. You're, yeah. It's the most populated place in the country outside of New York. Absolutely. That's one thing I'm really looking forward to is I mentioned – um, the challenge for UCLA in terms of kind of reshaping the program as they head into the Big Ten. USC entering a new era with Lincoln Riley in their um, introduction when they were, you know, shaping this vision for USC football. They were talking about becoming the mecca of college football. And now 2024, you're going to the Big Ten. That's really where they're going to be on the spotlight. And we will be, we'll, you know, they have, they'll have every opportunity. They'll be playing in big games every single weekend to try to establish themselves back as that national power. Cause it, you know, you know, they might have success in these next couple of years in the PAC 12. If they weren't to leave, they could again be a successful program in the PAC 12. But I think there's a big difference in being successful in the current day PAC 12 versus being successful in the current day big 10. So it'll be, you know, I think we're, we're going to see, it's going to be, Big, big opportunity for USC, see if they can capitalize and become, you know, fulfill that vision, or if they kind of stay on that similar trajectory of like, of just not quite living up to expectations. Yeah, the, um, yeah, for sure, because, I mean, they were just bad in the Pac-12. UCLA's average in the Pac-12. The mid in the Pac-12 is Cal, Oregon State, and Arizona State, like, those teams are four and eight teams in any other league. I just think you don't get softballs on your schedule anymore. So, I mean, people are going to – someone's going to have to go seven and five. Same with the SEC. Someone's going to have to go four and eight. Like, I mean, it's really ridiculous. I, 
they're moving. They were in a conference for a hundred years, and now they're moving and get a hundred million north of a hundred million dollars a year, according to John Walner. Yeah, it's um, it's it's incredible, and I think a separate aspect, less about um, certain money or or factors in terms of their plan. Such it's going to be crazy to see some of the matchups in terms of. Big Ten teams going and playing at the Rose Bowl, playing at the Coliseum, or those LA teams going and playing regular season games, conference games at the Big House, at the Shoe, um, at you know a, a Penn State whiteout game could be versus at the Rose Bowl. USC would be crazy. I mean, that's what it, it's impressive. It, like it's kind of hard to imagine a Pac-12 and and Big Ten team, well, traditionally Pac-12 team and Big Ten team playing yearly in the Rose Bowl, not in the Rose Bowl game. That's just – I think that's one of the best way to really understand just how big of news this is and just how much it's changing the landscape to, for, to the fact that we're going to be seeing that on a, on a yearly basis, Big Ten teams playing in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. I mean, you're going to see teams in the Coliseum now. It, it's, it's ridiculous. It's just different. Um, like John Wilner said, you're going to get $100 million per school, and the Pac-12 gets $30 million a school. There's a $70 million difference, and I think that's just going to change the way people, A, potentially view athletics, but, I mean, what's going to happen is really – just, it's just so, you know, we're really in uncharted territory. There's no sort of precedent for something like this. You know, a year ago or so when we had the Oklahoma and Texas news, that was one thing, but that we've still yet to really see the fruits of its labor. And that, there, it felt like, there, you know, there was more development to it. It wasn't as quick of a turnaround as this news, which it wasn't leaked until this morning. And as of, you know, just recently, it's already essentially official. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's almost exactly like the Texas Oklahoma situation where, but you could buy Texas and Oklahoma being SEC schools. I don't, you can't buy, um, I, I don't think you can buy USC and UCLA being Big Ten schools. Yeah. Um, in terms, because the thing when I think of it, I, I think of pageantry in that sense. In terms of, it's one thing to be able to compete in their sports, but when you think of the Big Ten, you're thinking, you're thinking Midwest. You're thinking, you know, almost like you know, cold environments more so that physical brand of football. There's a certain style to the Big Ten that it's just I don't I wouldn't associate with you know sunny Los Angeles, which it'll be, it'll be interesting. But I'll say you know. Winning fixes everything. They don't have to fit that, you know, that Big Ten brand if they if they win if they win games if they're successful. Yeah, um, I mean, I just saw a source on Twitter just tweeted that um, Oregon and Washington are trying to join the Big Ten. Uh, I mean, Kansas has been trying to join the Big Ten for years. Uh, I don't think they'll get it. I'm not just what their fans say, but. Um, okay, I, I, I want to know what, what a basketball league will be. I, I think the Big Ten's already the best basketball league, and now you add the top 15 team in UCLA and another team that's usually pretty talented in SC. Like, this is happening in two years, it's happening pretty soon. You're gonna I, that's see players the, like current, absolutely current freshmen on the roster are like we were just talking about the Jackson Jackson is going to play at Michigan. It's that's it feels like you know we say these arbitrary dates it it feels like it's so far away but you're right in reality it's it's pretty soon that's not a that's not a long way away yeah SC is only visiting Corvallis one more time it's only visiting Rice Eccles at Utah one more time it's I mean they go to the desert once this year and they'll go again next year to play Arizona State that's the last time it's gonna happen for. Who knows how long? Like, it's not going to be because there's not as much care. It's not going to be the same level as Hayes, Oklahoma, Texas. But you just think 
it's happening soon. It's happening really fast. Yeah, it's it, it's gonna be really really soon, and it's it's gonna be interesting. Basketball, you know, going back to the basketball discussion, it's you already take the Big Ten, which has been consistently one of, if not the best, basketball conference in the country, albeit they haven't had the postseason success. You bring in a pure blue blood like UCLA, a consistently successful program like USC. And we're talking about there are going to be some really, really good teams in the Big Ten with some really not good records just because of, of that oversaturation of talent like you were talking about earlier regarding football. You know, a team's going to have to go 7-5, you know, 4-8, and eight, so on and so forth. The basketball competition, I think, you know, people first think of football, especially when you're talking about USC um, in this whole ordeal. But basketball, the Big Ten, it is going to be – it is going to be pretty crazy um, in the Big Ten. Is I'd like to welcome in our third member just joining us right now, Joey Bonadonna. Joey, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Cher. How are we doing? We are great. We're just we're talking about Big Ten basketball. What you know? What a big difference it's going to make adding in a UCLA and USC. What are just I guess in general? What are your thoughts on this uh, on this news? We'll go back. Uh, but- a video oh, is playing in my browser right now. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll go. We'll I mean, go we have a resident Wisconsin fan that, I mean, they're not keeping up with the speed of USC, so I don't think we have to worry about it too much. All right, I'm back. Um, so I, I guess this is very interesting news for the Big Ten. Um, I, I didn't expect it to come so soon. Like, I, I thought it would be a couple of years before we'd hear something about this, but – I guess it's coming in 2024 and it'll be interesting to see how that affects who else is coming into the conference. But I, I think we'll see that play out over the next year. As a, as a Wisconsin fan, do you like I, less of just from a whole standpoint as a Wisconsin fan, are you, like excited to be able to, as a Wisconsin student even, are you excited to be able to be playing those LA schools year in, year out? Do you like that competition or is it, are you more of a Big Ten purist like you wish it kind of just stood as is? I mean, I guess I'm a Big Ten purist in the fact that I like the, the regional feel of the conference, but I think college, the college football landscape is moving in a different way that it, it's not going to be played like that anymore. I think you're going to be playing a lot more teams from, around the country, which also feeds into how big college sports are in the country in general. So I think that's just going to be adjustment that needs to be made. And um, in talking about UCLA and USC in general, and I guess two LA schools having to play in the Midwest, um, I do think that'll be interesting how LA schools are going to be playing in the Midwest, say in November. Um, I think, you know, everyone says like, um, you know, cold weather doesn't affect the visiting team as much as you think it does. But then you look at, for example, say how Miami played in New York at the, in the pinstripe bowl against the Badgers. That was probably one of the worst bowl game performances I've seen in a while. And maybe that had an effect. I don't know, but it, 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 there's a lot of things to be thinking about with LA schools joining a Midwest conference. Very, very different. All Just right. If, if I can interject here, um, I don't know why uh, the kid in Arkansas had us flipping off, but I think that like, if you're the Big Ten and you had four more schools to get to, Supposedly 20 for school are you adding? And we'll start with Jer and Lee. Oh, you're saying which four I'm the big ten. I'm, when I I'm, you're saying add for if I like if I'm the uh president of the big ten, what four am I adding? Yep. And why? Well okay. I also have some news to break that I just saw on the timeline. So I'll break after. Okay. So I would say I would start off by I'd take Stanford. And just an ideal, Stanford just fits the Big Ten mold in terms of the academics. I think 
like I, I feel like Stanford and Northwestern, they can be like, you know, ac the academic friends of the Big Ten. I would I'd throw in Oregon. I think Oregon, again, same region brings in both big branding and just generally, you know, excitement around their football and basketball program, which dictate most of what, what you know, the way college athletics shift. Uh, I would say I'd take in Wisconsin, not Wisconsin, uh, Washington. So they already have Wisconsin, Washington. Similar thing makes sense geographically um, to fill out more of the Pacific Northwest. In general, you know, they've had success in football. I think they'd be a good versatile program to add. In the fourth spot where it's, you know, is where it's kind of up for grabs. I think, I mean, you, you were mentioning it earlier. I think in an ideal world, even though they clearly haven't been able to make it happen, could you imagine if they had Kansas in the Big Ten? For that, that you know, if I'm if I'm making the Big Ten and we're making these power conferences, I understand that they don't really fit the academic mold there. But could you imagine Kansas with you, you know, with the, those other additions of USC and UCLA in an already stacked Big Ten conference for basketball? That would be pretty impressive. So, I'll, for lack of you know thinking of a better fourth, I'll 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 go with a wild card and say Kansas. So Kansas, um, obviously football leaves a lot to be desired, but with the Big Twelve just overall, Kansas basketball, uh, but with the Big Twelve just kind of dwindling overall as. I would say Kansas basketball, in addition to the Big Ten, would just increase the argument that Big Ten is one of, if not the best conference in basketball. Um, but in addition with USC and UCLA, those would be interesting basketball additions as well. Um, I'd say, yeah, so you'd have to bring in Washington – um, now, Oregon is an interesting discussion. You realize Oregon did beat Ohio State this year and consistently right. makes the Rose Bowl. That, that's why I am, that's why it's an interesting discussion. It's a, it's a great brand overall in college sports, obviously one of the best brands in, um, the 21st century in college football, but that would be an interesting discussion. Just it, it, it's weird for me to be talking about this right now with West Coast schools moving into the Big Ten. It just doesn't feel right for me. But I, that is where college sports are moving now anyways. So I, I would say Oregon would be pretty cool to have in the Big Ten. But I don't know if we, if you guys talked about this yet, but I think we talked about it before. But what is going to happen to the Rose Bowl? Like, or that's that that'll be soon. That'll be soon. That'll, like that. That's just what's so weird to me. Is like you have these, you know, Oregon, Wisconsin have played each other a couple times now. Um, what's what's Utah going to do? Um, they're on the rise here in college football for sure. Like. I don't know. It, it is weird to be talking about this. That's all I got to say. That's something so, I really never considered was the, was the, was the Rose bowl was the thought of like teams. I like the Rose bowl game itself, but okay, go ahead, Jackson. Let, let's hear your yeah. outlandish idea. I would take Notre Dame. I do anything in my power to go get Notre Dame. I forgot about Notre, Notre, Dame. Notre Dame. Full disclosure. Forgot about Notre Dame. Yeah. I, I would go. I would go Notre Dame. Um, I would go Stanford, Washington, Oregon, probably. Yeah, I'd go Notre Dame, Stanford, Washington, Oregon, and I would take a cold, hard look about what the ACC schools want to do. And if you want to take an ACC school, I'd take an ACC school, and maybe that's Virginia, maybe that's North Carolina, maybe that's Duke. Like, I would look at that, and then I mean, you could look at Colorado, you could look at Utah, you could look at Kansas, look at whoever you want as a travel partner there. 
but I would go Notre Dame. I would do anything in my power to try and get Notre Dame with the West Coast three we've been talking about. Full disclosure, I, I totally say forgot about Notre Dame. Totally forgot about Notre Dame. Dame is an interesting school. Like, you know, the, the, you have their ACC affiliation already, but they're in the Big Ten in hockey, and they are in – I mean, they're independent in football. So – it's kind of in between there, but kind of as we're seeing now, it's either the Big Ten or the SEC. So I would assume Notre Dame would probably align more with the Big Ten and the academics than going down to the SEC. That's just that's just my opinion. But yeah, Notre Dame can't play SEC football. They get killed. Right. And we've seen that in the, in the playoffs as well. That That's going to be another interesting discussion when Notre Dame plays Ohio State. That's this year, right? Is week one. That's yeah. what, yep. Two months away. You know, Ohio State's probably the most – definitely top three talented team in football this What's It could Notre Dame hold their own against an Ohio State team right out of the gate and maybe prove that they can hang in the Big Ten too. I think – um, yeah, all right, and then the reverse side of this game little news to break, uh, from my friend Brett McMurphy is that the Big 12 is pro- aggressively pursuing Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado State or in Colorado. What do you do if you are the remaining 10 Pac 12 schools? Pac 10, yeah, what do you do if you're Washington? Stanford. Oh well, we covered Washington, Stanford, Oregon. What do you do if you're Oregon State, Wazoo, and then the rest? Uh, Arizona, Utah, Arizona State, Colorado. You know the mid. What do you do if you're the mid in the league? Uh, I mean, it, it's a good question. I think some of them, like I said, I think the desert, the desert and mountain schools. I think those make sense. That like if the big Big Twelve was interested or were interested, but for the likes of Oregon State. And for Cal and for Wazoo, I really don't know. I mean, do you do, like do you go down, you know, into the Mountain West or, or something? Do you try to bounce back with, you know, Boise State, San Diego State, Fresno? Like, I, I don't, I don't. I mean, it's 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 hard to say. I think that should there be further expansion, I think that I would say the Arizona schools. And the duo of uh, Utah and Colorado, I think they make they make sense for the Big Twelve. But after that, I I really don't know. Like, would you take hypothetically? All right, if you're Cal, maybe you can align with Stanford and try and do what they do. Potentially, maybe not. But if you can, like I could see Oregon State and Washington State going down to the Midwest, or you have a revamped conference with maybe the desert schools if they don't go to the big 12 and Fresno, Colorado, Colorado State, San Diego State, Boise State, UNLV, maybe Fresno, maybe like I what do you do? Like I think the situation is just so fluid. Do you see independence? Like does Cal go independent? I'm with Cal I don't know Cal, if I can see Cal going independent, but does Cal care enough to go independent? Do they care? They'd rather be independent than being a school with than being a conference with CSU. You understand? I, I think that's true. if Cal has the opportunity to go to the Big Ten, obviously they're taking it. Are they? Are they? Do they care now? To the Big Ten. I mean, I to the Big Ten. Do. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, you have it, – Do they want to pay that money? Like, do, uh, I think the, the better is, question is – I, I understand the uh, the academic prowess of, of Cal, but does the Big Ten really want Cal, especially in this – you know, you already have Northwestern. You're bringing in two great academic schools in UCLA and USC. In the hypothetical where if they wanted to get to 20, they were to add Stanford. Well, I mean, Cal, Cal is a disastrous athletic program. Like they, they, they don't bring anything new. They don't bring anything special. It'd just be adding them I, for the sake of adding I, them. That's why I asked you. 
So I've I've no idea. What I guess the, the more, twenty teams. The more the more you say it, I guess maybe if, it would make sense if they went independent. But what if you get to twenty teams per conference? How do you split this conference? You're only playing nine conference games in a season. Are you doing a Pac-10 division and a like? How? What is your best scheduling idea? Well, if you're gonna do that, I, I mean, I, I would think you're gonna have to think divisions. Originally, I before this news, I, I was like, okay, good, they're scrapping divisions. That ultimately does hurt Wisconsin in the Big Ten West, Big Ten East thing. But now, it, like, it would, it just doesn't make sense for USC to fly to New Jersey or to. Um, to Northern Pennsylvania to play a, a volleyball game or just something. It's just like, it's gotta be scheduled in a way that it makes sense geographically. And it, that's maybe just my purest way of thinking of it, but travel I think is going to be a very interesting way of how this is going to get figured out. I agree. Speaking of travel, I can hint at a potential podcast guest in Costa Rica with me tomorrow. That's all I will say. Interesting, interesting. For those who don't know, Jackson's going on the Costa Rica trip trip tomorrow. Stay tuned. Um, but it, it's subtle flex, subtle flex. There's just no. So when you're when you go into these uncharted territories with no precedent. There, there's no telling. And when if you're going with 20 teams, it really does pose a question of how are you going to format it strategically so that everyone really has a shot at, you know, winning a conference championship and making sure that there's some sort of, you know, equal opportunity, especially something in football is, is my thought, is if you have 20 teams – you're, you know, you're obviously not going to add, you can't be adding games. Does that mean, are you just cutting out, like, if you have 20 teams, are you playing, like, one non-conference game or something? Because if you're yeah, I, I mean, it's, 20 teams competing for, you know, two spots in a, in a championship game, you're going to have to go, realistically, you lose two games and you're, you might already be eliminated. Exactly. So I mean, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. It, it it it's not a bad thing by any means. It's just the opportunities for success are going to be so slim because of that set oversaturation. Just just spitballing here. If let's say playoff mm, playoff doesn't really get expanded, which I think is going to come at some point, are you? able to if there are less conferences to play are you able to play a two-week four-team conference championship tournament i think you might be able to and that's kind of what i was trying to get at you get five four pods five divisions or five teams pod that's why i was trying to kind of see if anyone was going to pick up on that I, I think, think that, that would be interesting. So you get you have okay. Say you play your, you play your the four teams within your quad. quad. You have a team from an, the three other quads. That's seven. And you then play two you, teams for each other pod. You get ten conference games and two non-conference yeah. games, or You're one just, non-conference. Someone's gonna go one yeah. to ten, but it's probably gonna be Kansas. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, here, here in the in now, I think you're seeing more FS non-conference opponents. So at that point, why not? Why not just go down to one non-conference? Yeah, make makes sense to me. Six and five. It uh, the the whole pot idea makes sense to me. I just I've always questioned how you know how much of a real possibility it is because I think in terms of getting the best product on the field, creating the most entertainment value, giving teams the most opportunity. I think that format would be absolutely incredible. It's just a matter of how feasible it is to actually put into motion. Because if, if you're thinking about geographically, what's the one, 
All right. So the one out west, if we're talking, if it's the one we're talking about, it's Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA, Stanford, Stanford, Stanford. That's the one out west. You I'm gonna let's. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write these down. So we have, have the western part of the Midwest. That's gonna be Minnesota, Nebraska, Nebraska. Iowa, Kansas. You Wisconsin put in there. Yeah, Wisconsin. Then, wait, wait, wait. Let me get the Midwest West. We have it's. Wait, Iowa. you want to put can? Oh, oh. This is with your putting KU in. If you're putting Kansas in, what are you gonna do? Okay. Yeah, I, if you put KU in, you put them in there. Are we going? I think I personally, in my opinion, I think if we're going off this model, I think Notre Dame makes more sense. Yeah, Notre Dame. You obviously want Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a pipe dream. If you don't get Notre Dame, you go Kansas. You go Colorado. I think Colorado's. Good. Is it a pipe dream though? Because the more and more I think about it, I, in general, you know, they could stay independent. But as the landscape is shaping. It, it doesn't, you know, they're not going to align the with the ACC for football. I don't see any reason why they would possibly do that. Right. The SEC doesn't fit their branding. They've they've always been a good match for the Big Ten, and with the way that, you know, uh, you know the conferences is, is aligning, I see no reason why Notre Dame wouldn't join the Big Ten sooner or later. Okay, where do you put Notre Dame? You put them in a pod with – you obviously got to play SC and Stanford every year. Uh, you gotta play. You play Michigan every year. That's that's an interesting. Ring. That's an now, interesting. That's where you that's... get the permanent opponents because then you get Michigan State, Purdue's arrival. There's where Indiana. You don't do. Um, you don't do um, two teams from each other pod. You get one team from each other pod, and then you get three games. You just get to pick whoever you want to play. Then everyone's gonna pick Illinois, Rutgers, and Maryland. There's only one team that can play Illinois, Rutgers, and Maryland. Well, I feel like it's more so. Maybe permanent I, opponents. I, is yeah, the best. I I think there's value to if you have what two three. two three permanent opponents outside because you think well it's like when they people toyed with this when they went when uh the sec was realigning like i know from my alabama perspective when they were talking about like shifting it up obviously they are going to play auburn every year um same with lsu same with tennessee uh, alabama, uh, who would alabama's be alabama's would be maybe it's mississippi state auburn and tennessee but but just in general, the, the point is, and especially in the Big Ten, the Big Ten, everyone has a you know some sort of rivalry. Some of them are just made up, and they make up fake trophies. But either way, they're everyone's rivals with everyone in the Big Ten, so there are going to be games that that they're going to want to have added on as permanent. Yeah, I mean, you can't lose Ohio State, Michigan. No, under, I mean for, for Wisconsin, no it's going to be. I mean, in the pods that we're talking about. It's going to be like Wisconsin's main rivals are Minnesota, Nebraska, and Iowa. All right. Okay. So let's say you get one rival Stanford, Notre Dame, USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington. There's three of 10. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan. But then you're going to lose Michigan State, like Michigan State, 10 State, Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, Purdue. Illinois Northwestern, there's seven, right? Wisconsin, who do you want to play? That you want to play the Axe, I'm assuming? That would, yeah, I would assume you'd want to play okay, the Axe. Wisconsin, Minnesota, eight, and then Iowa, Nebraska, nine. I don't know, are we at 18? I think that's it. It's just, there, like, there's, there are going to be sweeping changes. Realistically, we can theorize however more either way they're it, college, college sports just it's never just gonna change nope yeah it's going to be insane um one thing i was thinking about earlier when joy was talking about the like weather thing it really was making me think because in the pac-12 you know over here as the west coast correspondent you know, people talk about the dreaded trips to Corvallis, like ASU, you know, had to go to Corvallis like three straight times in November or something like that. The trips to Utah. Going to Utah. 
And it's not to discredit those places. Those are challenging places to play, you know, in non-ideal weather. But when you go to the Big Ten, that's going to be, you know, in many cases, a weekly or at least bi-weekly thing. You're, that, that's the norm. So to be able to adjust You're playing to that, four games a year and fucking cold. Like, like going to – not only are you battling the cold, you're playing in some of the most – I mean, Utah is a very dangerous environment, but Michigan. It's not, it's, you're not, it, nothing in the Pac-12 is comparing. Right. Not, does, not I, even the Coliseum, not even the Rose Bowl is comparing right. to the likes of the Big House, um, you know, at Ohio State, at Penn State. Yeah. It's just not. I mean, I would say, I think Camp Randall kind of – no, I'd even say TCF is, is up there. Well, I guess whatever it is now, but – as we've seen in the last couple of years, that's not a hard place to play either in a big game. No, like they've got a big win against Penn state that they can hang their hat on it. it, That is a tough place to play when it matters most. Okay. To be fair, any place that fills up can be a tough place to play except for Vanderbilt. That's basically a home game. And Northwestern. And, that yeah, that, never, that that never fills up though that doesn't happen exactly so i i think you corvallis can be a tough place to play washington state can be a tough place to play like i don't i think until you're going into the big house or until you're going into michigan state probably or michigan or ohio state or penn state or nebraska nebraska's probably more. or Kinnick. i didn't even mention playing on the road at iowa at Kinnick, night game at Kinnick. Mm-hmm. That's one of the toughest environments in the country. Like top five all of us, down. all of us this year think USC is losing to Utah, right? Maybe. All right. Do I, think, do you I, think I don't know if I'm will... in a place where I'm at liberty to elaborate, but all right. Do you think they will struggle with the environment in Rice Eccles Stadium? It's going to be a night game in like late October. Yes. I don't know if this is new, but Oregon and Washington have also just submitted applications to join the Big Ten. I broke it. No worries. All right. All right. Uh, But no, yeah, and the thing is, when you're going to play that every week. Yeah, exactly. And when you're talking about playing against Utah in this scenario, Utah's a good team. When you're talking about some of the, you know, times where, you know, teams have gone to Corvallis and struggled or gone to to Wazoo, it was less about that they played great teams, but – it's just that they're yeah. playing and you know, you're playing in the hard environment when you're playing in a hard environment against great teams, it's going to be challenging. Uh, yeah. Um, you want to keep explaining on that. Say that again. Can you, exp- yeah, sorry. Um, can you keep explaining on like USC trips? I got to ask. Joey, where'd you see the Washington, Oregon thing? Um, it's not a blue check mark source, but oh, uh, was it fifth uh, quarter? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm trying to think whether this is the uh, this is a fraud or not. Pac-12 just released a statement. Yes. I, yeah, I, I, it, it pretty much says we're cooked. We've long been known as where someone contact Paul Walton, please. How is he doing? That oh, I didn't. Wow. That's there's so many angles to this that I don't even consider. I mean, what what does Bill Walton do? He's a he came up as a UCLA man yeah, through someone, and through, and now he's become the face. He's, he's the he's the right face now. of the Pac-12, and now his beloved well, school is he's leaving the, trans- the Pac-12. He entered the transfer portal, so he would never. Oh, well, he honestly, totally would. I he would never. I think he honestly, if he was forced to pick between UCLA itself or the Pac-12 as an entity, he would go with the Pac-12. The Conference of Champions is now the SEC. So well, the, the Conference of Championships, or at least what it's known as, is, is barely a conference at this point with the way it's aligned with the way that it, it seems it's going. So, and, it, and, I mean, it hasn't won a conference, a championship in a long time. So, Well, the Conference of Champions is the Conference of Champions. We're not, we're not here to argue that, but. I, I don't know about you, but I am ready to see a Rutgers-UCLA game in front of 6,000 people at the Rose Bowl at 10.30 at night. Dude, it sound, that sounds great. It sounds great. And that's, I mean, big big 10 after dark. That's going to 
that's honestly a very underrated thing that I uh, just popped in my head is will having these West Coast teams join the Big Ten change, you know, some of the national perspective on certain players? Like, for example, what came to mind for me was Christian McCaffrey not winning the Heisman, um, losing to Derrick Henry. And that year, I think most people could agree uh, McCaffrey had the better argument. He was pr- the better player that year. Um, but, because, but, but, because, but because he was playing later, you know, later at night wasn't getting that national recognition, he didn't really get the same credit. So if you have those Pac-12 teams playing in a more nationally televised situation, is that going to benefit, you know, those West Coast teams in terms of, get, you know, maybe getting away from some of the West Coast bias? Who was it that tweeted? Was it the Stanford Trees Twitter account? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. That was not an original thought from Jer. Jer got that. Off. I, the, I, I didn't see that. Trees. I didn't see that from a tweet, but I don't doubt that it was said. Yes, the Stanford Trees Twitter account has been blowing up today. He also and, said Stanford to the Ivy League, which made yeah. me think Cal and Stanford should just go to the Ivy League because they already don't care. That makes sense. Stanford does. Cal, that's so much. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, Stanford only had like 35 jello shots at the College World Series. That's just bad. Rookie numbers. No, the only team that, what what was it? The team that, oh, yeah, second to last was Texas. That's right. Uh, Texas. They're too busy. Anyway, I'm trying to find that tweet from the Stanford tree. At the end of the day, college football is changing. We're all going to die. I think that's a good way to end the podcast. Absolutely. I, I, I swear, I don't doubt the Sanford tree said it, but that's not, I didn't get that from the Sanford tree. I don't follow the Sanford tree on Twitter. Fair. I don't need but I saw should, it. though. He's a good follow. Should Okay. Follow, I'm following the Sanford tree. Um, possibly a future member of the Big Ten mascot group, the Sanford tree. But, um, Wait, wait, who would be the worst mascot in the Big Ten then? Brutus Buckeye or the Stanford Tree? Brutus. Next. Easy. Brutus sucks. Who wins a USC Michigan game? Mm, I'd take Michigan. If it's this year, uh, yeah, we'll see. It, it, I mean, yeah, it's to project on USC. It, it's it's challenging. I, I'd probably take Michigan though. Um, yeah. Do you guys have any other really important things to touch on before we wrap this up? Yeah. Row the boat. No. Row the boat, baby. Hey, the last time that I was looking at this, the last time Minnesota won it back to back was 1991, 1992. Did you know the last time Minnesota won was 2021? Congratulations. When's the last time they, they won it consistently? I mean, what what matters is that Graham Mertz is still the Wisconsin quarterback. Okay, I'm going to cut this off here. We can do this off we'll the see story. We'll see. I, I'm all cutting right. this one End off. End of the day, college football is changing. We're all screwed. End the podcast. Yes. Wisconsin. Thank you guys for joining us on this episode of the Retro Podcast. We'll see you guys next time.